Welcome, welcome, one and all, to this special edition of the Sport Fanatics Podcast. My name is Jay Mike. And I'm Chris. And without further ado, let's get that theme music started. But an up up Well, all right. We've got a a special show in store for you today here on Sport Fanatics Podcast. And we're going to really touch and, and dive into Chris's playing days and, and also how his sports fandom came about. Yeah, there was a lot more fandom than playing, to be fair. But yeah, they'll, they'll both be in there. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure our listeners will will see what what interesting stories that that you can share with us with your your playing days and your and your sports fandom. So, without further ado, Chris, I'm gonna hand it over to you. All right, well, cool. Yeah, we're, again, we're recording these early because I'm going to be out of town for a few days, so not going to be able to record like usual, but we, we kind of wanted to get these out of the way anyway. J. Mike talked about his history a bit, and yes. so now I'll, I'll get into mine. Uh, so, born in 1992, uh, I remember my dad watching a lot of sports of course on tv but mostly baseball and football that those are the two main things uh as far as baseball he had watched the yankees a lot of course he grew up a yankees fan uh he grew up following baseball in the 60s and the easiest one of the easiest teams to follow is the Yankees because Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. So that's how he became a Yankees fan. And he just kept following them all through the years. Uh, they were always on in the nineties on the football side of things. He grew up well, and when he was a teenager, I guess he was a Archie Manning fan. So when I was little, he was always watching Peyton First, when he was at Tennessee, and then, of course, when he went to the Colts, he kept watching Peyton as well. So, the Yankees and Peyton Manning were always on TV, but to be honest, uh, for a lot of the time there, I really didn't care that much. I really wasn't all that interested in the in what was going on. Uh, I did enjoy playing outside, so, you know, we'd play pitch outside or I'd you know swing a bat a little bit or whatever uh but at first I wasn't really all that interested now things changed around 1999 I don't remember what came first if I played t-ball first or if I 
started watching the Yankees and caring first. But in any case, uh, in 1999, my family went to New York and saw a lot of great things. Of course, saw the Statue of Liberty and even got to see the the World Trade Center before 9/11 happened. So that, yeah, that that's that, that's cool to look back on. And that's that's all that's always been a, a place that I have always wanted to visit and catch a ball ball game at. Well, and we were talking about this before the pandemic we were wanting to go at some point and try to watch a Yankees game and a Mets game that's right at this you know the same weekend or week or whatever that'd be a lot of fun but yeah we went there and of course my dad being a huge Yankees fan a big part of the trip was we visited Yankee Stadium and they like have a museum tour you can do and we got to visit of course when none of the players were there, we got to see the clubhouse and uh, go go out to Monument Park at the old Yankee Stadium and everything. So we got a tour around the the innards yeah, of pe- yeah, old Yankee Stadium. Yeah, people, you heard that right. Old Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Classic Yankee Stadium. Yeah, the original. Post-renovation, uh, but still, the original Yankee Stadium. Man, man, I bet that was neat. Oh, yeah, well, and that's... That combined with, we went to a game, uh, I have the date here, it was July 24th, 1999, went to see the Yankees, and they were playing the Indians. That's right. I, I remember you telling me this story. Yeah, they won 21-1, to <laughs> the Yankees did. And it's not like that Indians team was a slouch. The The Yankees at this point were 59-37, and 37, and the Indians were 58-39, and 39, so they were like evenly matched yeah records but not not that particular day no and the other games in this series were super close they were like two to one and close games but yeah this one was a blowout uh and let me just i mean some amazing players on both these teams i'll start out with the indians just because i got to finish with the yankees but i mean on this indians team you had kenny lofton yes uh omar vizcayel oh man roberto alomar Alex Ramirez, Manny Ramirez, uh, Richie Sexton, David Justice, Jim Tomey. Good grief. Jacob Cruz. Uh, like, so many players that I remember from my childhood were on oh, that yeah. team. And they and they never won a World Series, Chris. No, that was such a young With that team that squad. was set to go. But yeah, they, they couldn't get over Gosh. that hump. Uh MVP for him that day was Jacob Cruz. He got three for four. But, uh, <laughs> of course, that didn't mean oh, much. Losing oh my 21 to one. Yeah, scoring only one run. Pitching for him was Mark Langston, starting pitcher, which I'm not. I have never heard of him, yeah, Chris. I don't remember him. Sounds uh, like he'd be a lefty, though. <laughs> Let me That's, see. It'd be funny if he was, man. Sounds like sounds like He a, was a lefty. <laughs> how about call. that how about that chris i just with a name like that i just knew he had to be a southpaw <laughs> mark langston i mean come on it the the name just screams southpaw to me what, what a coincidence wow he's 60 years old now okay but let's just say chris he got lit up that yeah, day <laughs> he did he had uh i believe seven earned runs let me check and i'm not yeah. talking about turned up folks i'm talking about 
his butt was grass, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, let's get <laughs> in, let's get into the Yankees lineup that day. Chuck Knobloch. Wow. Who this I, this was before he was going downhill. Why I completely forgot he had a stint with the Yankees. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I just I just always remember him being a Minnesota twin. Okay. Well yeah, he But yeah, I I forgot he had that stint with the Yankees though. So that's 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 really neat. Yeah, I remember him being there from the beginning when I was a started watching started baseball. Started watching the Yankees. He, he was with the Yankees. Uh, okay. Of course, next Derek Jeter was Paul Paul O'Neill yep. on that team? Paul O'Neill. Okay. Bernie Williams, Chili Davis, Tino Chili, Martinez. Chili Davis of who's actually a hitting coach right now yeah. in the major leagues. Actually used to be the hitting coach of my favorite team, the Chicago Cubs. Well, and I'm going to get back to him here in a second because interesting okay, stat here. Uh, but then, yeah, Tino Martinez. Tino, yeah, I, I I watched a lot of Tino. Scott Brocious, Jorge Posada. Oh, man, I loved Jorge Posada. Uh, the only one here I'm not quite – I don't remember quite as much, Chad Curtis. I mean, the name is familiar, but I don't remember as wonder much if, about him. I wonder if he was a lefty as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in left field. <laughs> man, how about this, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the pitcher for the Yankees was uh, Hideke Urabu. Wow, what a name. Uh, the name kind of rings a bell, but I, I can't say I remember him like I do a lot of the pitchers sound, for the Yankees. He sounds time. like he'd be a lefty as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. What if he oh, was? Oh, man. I might be wrong for once. But. Yeah, he, he was a right-handed okay. thrower. He, hey, I, I went two for three. <laughs> he played from 97 to 2002. Wow, uh, not a long career at all. No. But hey But he was on the ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine Yankees team, so you know what? Hey, he got his rings. Yeah. <laughs> he got his championship. But uh of course this being a such a blowout, some of those guys that I mentioned for the Indians, they were substitutions. Enrique Wilson, Alex Ramirez, Richie Sexton, they were come off they came off the bench to Did you say Richie Sexton or Sexton? No, Sexton. Sexton, yeah, not Sexton. Okay, not the one that played for the Brewers. No, okay, yeah. I was, I was fixing to be like, they had him. No, yeah. Uh, uh, starting out his career when with I first the read Indians? it. When I first read it, I was like, oh, wait a minute, but no, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Richie Sexton, he was, he was the best hitter for the Brewers at that that time. Oh yeah, he was, he was something. Oh, and, but and I I remember him I remember him and Sammy Sosa duking it out in the home run derby one year. Oh yeah, just going back and That's forth, right. man. Oh man, and Sammy ended up winning that home run derby. But man, they they went year. back and forth. Yeah, but I I just want I just want you to clarify that for me because <laughs> I was fixing to be like, okay, they had a young Richie Sexton. No, no, okay. Uh, now for the Yankees. Now here's one of my favorite like players for the Yankees who is never a a star or anything, but he he was a really likable guy. He he came in to replace Derek Jeter when the game got out of hand. Yeah, uh, Louis Soho. Uh, I don't I don't oh. know if you remember him, but he was I, he, I don't he was like a guy on those early Yankees teams who would just come off the bench and sometimes have these clutch hits when they needed him to. I mean, it was just the magic okay. of those those Yankees teams. 
and a guy who replaced Paul O'Neill at some point, uh, Ricky Lede, who uh, okay. was also a young guy who was on those uh, Yankees teams. Let me see when he started out, actually. Out of curiosity. Yeah, he, he started his rookie year was 98, so he was a young guy, and he played until 2007. But uh, I remember him being on those Yankee teams. Was, but, was, was David Cohn the the one-armed pitcher? Was was he on? Oh, well, not that's not David Cohn. David Cohn was on this I team. I mean, my bad. I, uh, I know who you're thinking of. Gosh, I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, what was his? Uh, oh. He he was he was a lefty, but he that that was the only uh, Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. I don't remember if he was speaking of lefties. I, we're we're on a trend here. Yeah, apparently. Let me see what team he was with in uh, ninety nine. I don't think he was with the Yankees but, anymore. But but was David Cohn on that? Yes, ninety nine. Which team? I was, I was okay. about to mention him something real quick. Well, well, go ahead, Chris. Uh. I want to see this real quick with oh about Abbott with Jim Abbott yeah what team uh ninety nine Abbott was with the Brewers wow it was actually his last season there's just a lot of irony going on <laughs> we just talked about Richie Sexton a lot of coincidences here with the Milwaukee Brewers and now Abbott comes over to the Yankees from Milwaukee mm. and then we and then we got. Milwaukee Bucks still in the NBA Finals, <laughs> trying, but, uh, trying to win their first championship since 1971. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was going to mention about David Cohn, this was actually six days after he threw his perfect game in 1999. See that that that's why I got both of them confused yeah. right there. Yeah, that's, the yeah, because I, I remember Cohn throwing the perfect game. So if if we had gone to the stadium six days earlier, we would have happened to have saw that perfect game but still man got a pretty memorable experience here with the 21 to 1 that's absolute shellacking right there as i like to call it which the best i mentioned i said i was going to mention chili davis later he had the best game on this day he was five really he was five for six good lord with six rbis <laughs> good grief he went off i and, wonder if he had a grand salami Oh, let me see. Home run, or, or, or maybe a three-run homer. Well, he did hit a home run. Oh, of, oh, oh, yeah. Hit. I mean, if he yeah. if he went, what'd you say? Oh, five they were two six? on. They were two on. Three-run homer. Yeah. Uh, the only Yankee player who didn't have a hit is one of my favorite Yankee players, Paul O'Neill. He was the only one not to have a hit today <laughs> on this day. That's crazy. Um, Derek Jeter went one for three. He ended up okay. Well. So to continue this, after this experience at the Yankee Stadium, and then going to see the game, that was when I started paying attention to sports for the first time because okay. I actually started to care about watching the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so soon thereafter, Derek Jeter became my favorite player because I mean, of course, he was the star on the team, and everybody talked about Jeter. But he also just had that personality that was so easy to like, and he was so clutch, and was just did so much for the team that Jeter became my favorite player. But, man, I also loved Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Scott Brocious, Posada. Yeah. Those were just a, an amazing group of players on uh, on those early 
Yankees teams and, that and I was watching. That was that was Clemens's first stint with the Yankees, correct? Yeah, he joined somewhere around this time. Let me check real quick. Or what? Or was he still with the Red Sox? I can't. Rem- well, I can't remember what. I know he was there in two thousand. Let me see. So yeah, he, he was. Nineteen ninety nine was his first year with the Yankees. Well, how about right. that? And and he had that brief two year stint in Toronto between that, the Red Sox. That's right. And, I, and I, I had that. I had that in my mind. Which same thing happened to Pedro Martinez. He went from Montreal to Boston. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's kind of crazy because we. You and I both know that both of those cats dueled it out in some big time games in the playoffs between those two arch rivals and the Red Sox and Yankees. And but when when did when did Andy Pettit get in the fold? Was it the following year it or was, an or an oh one? Uh, he was there in two thousand. Because I know I know when. What was it, 03 and 04 when Clemens and Pettit both joined the Houston Astros? Yeah, the the Pettit came up. He he debuted his rookie year with the Yankees in 95. Wow. See, I, I, never, I never knew it was that. And he was early. there until, of course, 2004 he went to Houston. And then he came back to finish his year with the Yankees right. after that. Right, uh-huh. But, yeah, he uh, – oh, that was another guy I, I loved – Andy Pettit, and even after the and and all the you know steroid stuff came out, he was one of the he kind of admitted and you know he was nice about it, and which made me feel good. It, and, unlike some players, and was that was that Mariano Rivera's debut season with the Yankees, or did he debut before? No, he he was around that. He was in the early nineties when he, he early nineties. Okay, yeah, he it was also ninety five. So same year. Wow. Okay. And then. I remember. I mean, I don't remember at the time, but I remember hearing recently when he was like going into the Hall of Fame and everything, and I learned later that I mean he was more. I mean, he was scouted as a starter, and it just wasn't whoa really working out all that well. And like his first season, well, he he mainly threw only two pitches, right? Yeah, two or three pitches, and uh, the main one being that devastating cutter. And it was short, he, shortly after he came up in the majors. They're like, work on that cutter. Yes. And uh, made him a that, closer. That and, that was his primary go-to pitch to strike your butt out. <laughs> yeah, and that, of course, sure. changed his career. And, of course, I didn't get to see Mariano Rivera in this 21 to Yeah, that wasn't going to happen, brother. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, that, that game made me pay attention. I don't – honestly, I still don't remember a whole lot of the 1999 season. Like, I may have been so young that I didn't get to stay up late to watch the World Series much that year because I don't really right. remember that series with the Braves much. But 2000, I remember very well, and especially that Subway Series with the Mets. I remember watching oh, yeah. every game of that series. So it was late, mid – or mid-1999, I started getting into baseball, and by 2000, I was really watching it and keeping up with the Yankees. 
uh, is around this time as well. Again, I don't know if it was before my first baseball, watching that first baseball game or after, but I was playing T-ball. And, I mean, you know, T-ball is T-ball. You just <laughs> hit it off the tee. Hit it off the tee and then learn the fundamentals out in the field. So uh, there's not many great <laughs> memories I have with that, except, I mean, I just enjoyed just being outside and, and and you hope and you hope when you attempt to hit it off the tee that you don't totally miss it or you or you just hit that little dribbler that just falls yeah. and and doesn't go anywhere yeah. hardly or, or hit the base of just the go straight down tee and like, yeah knock it straight down basically that too I I I did that quite a few times where I just <laughs> knocked the crap out of the tee and the and the tee went down or it went flying. <laughs> Well, and while we're talking about baseball, I guess I'll finish talking about the only game I ever played was baseball. And okay, of course, after T-ball, there's coach pitch. Yes. And uh, coach pitch was when I got my first experience with getting hit by the ball because I don't know if it's because I was like my arms were so long or what, but there were multiple times where I'd get hit in the hands Ooh. like in coach pitch, and that was not – that hurts. Like getting hit in the fingers oh, is just so gosh. painful. Oh, uh, Never, never really learned to hit very well. Even through coach pitch, I just Same. was never good at the plate. Now, Same. looking back, when I got older, I did start to wear glasses. So maybe I had, maybe I was like wild thing in major league, and I needed glasses and just didn't know it. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, like, okay. but no, I, I mean, I just never had a good fundamental swing or anything. I'm sure. So, well, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, Chris. When and I touched on this on on my playing days when it whenever I did play on on that other show but whenever I started wearing glasses and they finally let me pitch oh yeah that and I I'm glad you brought that up cuz I, I I never said I never said anything about this but when that happened just everything came together with me on the mound and so that's that 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 was also a a part of my success yeah i mean it can make a huge difference so oh yeah i mean you know vision is everything yeah well it's it's a major part especially when you have a small relatively small white ball like in baseball man yeah your and your catcher is a good distance away from you Hold, yep. holding that glove up you know and you when well, if you're a batter it's good to be able to see the stitching to see how the right balls rotating yeah yeah uh but of course after coach pitch came fast pitch when the kids were actually throwing and yeah. i'm not gonna lie that kind of terrified me little league me just because i'm like yeah. i know i'm a stupid kid and all these stupid kids are about to be throwing this ball <laughs> towards me yeah so, or, or or in any possible direction yeah so uh that really did not improve my hitting game at all because now i was even more like i guess nervous and unsure yeah. at the plate yeah the plus, only, plus timing yeah you gonna have timing issues too if you're not not working on it well consistently and I, on, I only had one year and fast pitch and it was the year where j mike and i were on yes. the same team we played at yes, applebee's that's, that's how we first met and i mean this no slander against applebee's but uh 
<laughs> we just unfortunately we really never learned fundamentals for hitting. No, we did not. No, <laughs> so no, we did. We people, <laughs> and, and Chris is Chris knows where I'm going with this. We literally had two guys that worked. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. This is just funny looking back on now. Yeah. We had two guys that coached that team that literally worked at Applebee's that didn't know a darn thing about the game of baseball (laughs) and how to play it and or teach it to these stupid young kids <laughs> like both of us. And we're just sitting there begging to you know, begging to be taught and learn how to play the game and they're j- they're just doing like this little um gosh, what would you call it? Some kind of a stupid I don't know, Sesame Street way to play it. I don't know. First like, you put your glove down. Well, the ball rolls towards your glove. <laughs> well, and I remember they, they did tell us to. <laughs> I do remember you know, one so, thing they told us to do was like attack the ball if you're in the infield or outfield or whatever. Like if it's rolling to you, run at it and don't just wait on it. So, well, yeah, I guess a little bit of props there. I mean, I remember defensively we were okay actually, at least from my memory. Wow, I'd say I don't even remember that because like I remember some other teams like the only other team we beat which was the team our good friend Corey played on Corey Patterson shout out Corey yeah uh, Corey he uh, was on a team where he said that they had players who would like pick at the grass and stuff Did, didn't he play for like the concrete I think so advertised team I like B&B concrete something like because I, I, I remember that team that because uh, you and I on that team, it seemed it seemed like we always played on that Boo Ferris field, and mm-hmm. that's also where we had our practices at. They're in uh by the swimming. Joiner, yeah. They're on Joiner and in, in Tupelo, right? And yeah, I, I want to say he was on that B and B concrete. Yeah, well, they team. they were the only team that was worse than us because yeah, the only thing we had above them was we actually played competent defense, especially when I was, for me personally, when I was in the outfield, that was like the place I was most comfortable. Uh, they tried one game where they put me at catcher and I hated it. It was the worst. I don't know why you put one of the tallest players on your team as catcher, but <laughs> once, once, once again, Chris, those guys made no sense. But uh, they did not know what they were doing half the time. Uh, they had no business coach, little. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I maybe had like one hit the whole season. Man, it was bad at the plate. Those it, guys, it those guys bad. were nice. Don't get me wrong. Oh like, no, they were they were super nice. That's why I say no slander. They were and nice. And I, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I can't even remember how old we were, but I remember thinking to myself, if they're this nice to us out on the field then applebee's must have some great customer service in their restaurant (laughs) maybe that's the thing they didn't want to like scare any of us away from eating at applebee's well that's true because we ended up having our end of the season and they had reception there they had our photo up there at the entrance for years afterward i wonder if it's still there i don't know we need to look one day and see. well you know uh you and myself and our other two friends, we normally eat out on Wednesday, so we might have to go to Applebee's yeah. sometime to see if it's there. Just now, I have heard, and this is this is crazy that we're talking about Applebee's, 
but you already know how you and I had been in Chili's, and it's been very difficult. Oh yeah, to to be waited on there because they have a staff shortage. Yeah, I heard Applebee's is the same way. So might have to show so, up yeah. at like four o'clock. So I. I don't know whatever happened to those two coaches of ours, but they're definitely not at Applebee's these days. <laughs> they have moved on with their life. I, I I hope they ended up getting some great paying jobs. Yeah, hopefully hopefully they're doing well. You know well. something, Chris? I wonder if they were actually still in school. Because if I remember correctly, I thought at least one of them was. Oh, maybe, really? Maybe they were college See, I barely even remember how old they were because, I mean, when you're a little kid. They, they were young, when no you're, doubt. When I was a little kid, it felt like every adult was just old, like older than me. So I didn't really, <laughs> I, I don't register in my memory how old they were. Yeah. But yeah, looking back, I think they were younger guys. And uh, But see, you, you and I have been brothers, friends ever since. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've, we've known each other well since then. And I remember. I remember you and I had a. This is before we finally had a class together during school. You and I had some kind of a remember those summer camps that were a week long? Yeah. You and I you and I were, were in one of those camps. Oh yeah. We were in like that class that classroom. It I was, had so much fun in though. I'm trying to remember what that was. It was either the science one or the computer one. Because those are the two that I did. Yeah, it was I usually did, I did science ones. I did so. a silent I did a uh I was fixed to say silence of the lambs. <laughs> oh my god. That <laughs> terrifying class. Good evening, Chris. Just skin people in there. Like. <laughs> <laughs> science there we go science like she blinded me from science uh-huh. uh but science the science one was at milam oh yeah i went to one at milam so, so that must have been it because the be it. computer the computer one i did was at pier street i don't think i went there so it had to be the one at milam yeah so it, it must have been that science but yeah, uh, but see, I, I I remember that that's how both of us reconnected because mm-hmm. you, you and you and I never went to lower elementary together because no. you went to Church Street, right? And I went to Thomas Street, Church Street and then Lawndale. And then, yeah, we both went to Lawndale, but I, di- I didn't have a class with you until our last grade there right? at Lawndale, which was sixth grade. Which that kind of goes into playing again. The only other time I really played, like... After that one season of fast pitch, I kind of got fed up, and I just I didn't really have interest to play anymore because I knew I knew I wasn't like a super athletic kid anyway. I like, I wasn't either. Yeah, so I, I I wasn't that worried about it. It wasn't like I was bitter over anything. I just knew it wasn't for me. And also, yeah. man, I, I have that memory of you getting drilled. Yes, in the was it in the chest? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it was in the chest. I remember seeing that happen. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that looked it just it was awful." It like knocked the wind out of you. It I did. Guess. It it did. I I I went down and I was I was literally I was literally on my back there for a couple of minutes. Yeah, it was scary. I remember you, Corey Patterson, our our good buddy, uh, checked up on me and Brad McWhorter. Okay, who was Brad. on Corey's team? He checked up on me as well because, ironically enough, he and I were in the same same class 
that that year in third grade. Oh, so coincidence. Or, or, or we were we were in that same pod one because at Thomas Street we swapped between two teachers, but one of them was your homeroom right. teacher, and then the other one taught the other subjects that the homeroom teacher wasn't teaching. Of course, yeah. I mean, common sense there, but. But then when we got to Lawndale, we had those pods where it was three teachers, and mm-hmm. they divided the subjects up between the three. Right. And but yeah, yeah, like you said, man, I I did get drilled that that one game, and that I think that was again, toward the end of the season. And ironically, once again, it was against Corey's team, so which I, I won that game. I want to say was that B and B Concrete team. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, after after that season, I, I can't d- even remember though if I. I I probably just sat on the bench the rest of the game. I, I think that's what happened. Probably. But knowing those two idiots, they probably put me right back out there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against those guys. Those guys really were nice to us. Yeah. Yeah, they're great and, guys. And that's probably the best customer service that Applebee's has ever had because let me tell you, Chris, <laughs> they're having a hard time getting employees now. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, after after that – after that experience, I just like the only sports I played were at recess. So, like kickball, dodgeball, and PE, which I won one game of dodgeball in PE in elementary school. I was so proud of myself. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was the last last man standing or last boy standing. Um, I think we played that at Lawndale too. Yeah, well, that's at Lawndale. Uh, I was the the last one standing in one game of <laughs> this dodgeball. That must have been before we had the class together. Probably. I think it was early on. But, but I'm not going to lie though, that last year we were there at Lawndale, that was the best PE that I ever had cuz we had coach Hadley and Oh yeah, he coach was awesome. Ha- coach Hadley had some shout out to coach Hadley from Tupelo, uh former Mississippi State player he back played, in the day and he uh, used to give me heck chris you remember that he used to give me heck every day because i'd be wearing my old mess stuff <laughs> he'd say he'd say mcbunch why you got all that crappy old mess stuff on and then, <laughs> that sounds like i mean he used to gosh he he used to hound me on that every single time and, but he would love picking with me Wait, well, and i i, I ended i ended up being re- you know, well, yeah, he was being an awesome really dude. tight, and he uh, he had he had a lot of fun activities for us to do. That's for sure. He'd play uh, he played wide receiver at the at state, at well, in the the indoor football. That's right. Teams of the that's Fire right. Ants and the Mudcats. He, him and Coach Carter, who Coach Carter's now the head coach for Shannon Red Raider football. Oh yeah, yeah. doing an exceptional job there. So shout outs to uh, Coach Hadley and Coach Carter. Yeah. So sure do miss you guys. Yeah, y'all, y'all were awesome. So yeah, y'all. Thanks for the memories. Absolutely, y'all, y'all, and both both of them were at Lawndale. I might add. Mm-hmm. Of course, Coach Carter is like in in an administrative role, but man, was he awesome! Just they they absolutely were a part of what made Lawndale fun for yeah. sure. Because we all know it's not fun in the classroom, but those guys just taking you out for a break you know during the day mm-hmm. was was always something that that I looked forward to I know you 
probably look forward to it as well. Oh, but. yeah. Well, and then we, we touched on this last time, but the last thing, I mean, at recess, we'd usually play like, you know, just some football, but I mean, it was oh, never man. super serious, man, but th- that was we fun. had a lot of fun with that. That yeah. was fun. Like, you'd be all-time quarterback, and I'd be like a wide receiver or tight end. You and I would always have that connection on point. Yeah. And it was fun when we could – Pitch and catch, man. When we could play with each other against other guys and then, like – Yeah. I, m- I remember somebody was talking some smack to me, and I think we're in the huddle. I, sa- I said, Chris, just throw it to me. I- I'm-, I'm fixing to score here. I'm fixing to shut this guy up. You <laughs> threw it to me. I scored. And I remember spiking the heck out of that football <laughs> and yell and, like, screaming or something like that. And Ryan Moore came up and was like, man, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, John Michael. <laughs> and we did one of those uh, those jump bumps, as I oh, like to call them. Yeah. But, yeah, I – I think it was Josh Henderson or Deontay Ewing or somebody like that was talking smack. And I scored and I spiked the heck out of that football and yelled. <laughs> and man, Ryan came running. He's like, man, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there was some fun memories with that, man. That was a fun year. That was, pro- yeah. that was probably my favorite year at Lawndale. Oh, yeah. Well, no doubt about Lawndale, it. Lawndale, well, I loved Church Street, was my favorite school, but then Lawndale okay. was in just. So much fun there, uh, especially recess with that stuff we're talking about. Then did, there was like the harsh reality of middle school. Did but. you have, did you ever play any soccer at nope. Church Street? Really? Because let me tell you, Chris. Soccer. Let me tell you, that's all we played at Thomas Street <laughs> during PE. <laughs> out on that field, that's all we did was play soccer. I'm surprised man. we did. See, that's that's how I got into soccer, and mm-hmm. that's that's why I played for two years and see i never got into it because we never like i'm surprised we didn't play soccer on that field i know it it's right there but i know i don't remember us then you got that track out there yeah we did run around the track a lot oh i bet so that was mostly what they did well yeah that's that's (laughs) that's a no-brainer there um but wasn't that wasn't church street the middle school at one point point well, and then the middle school was the high i know the middle school was well, the high school i think way 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 back church street was the high school okay that's it and then the high school moved to where milam wow uh is is. Now. yeah like or, it, or that's what? where the high school was when elvis was alive i'll be dang and then okay. I, I guess at that point church street was maybe like the middle school or elementary school whatever okay. and then of course the high school moved to the middle school and then the middle school <laughs> Now the high school is the high school, so it's moved several times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While adding a lot of lower and upper elementary. Oh, yeah. In between. So many schools, which is a good thing. We're probably going to need more in the future because it's like just keeps more and more people. Yes. Yes. Tupelo is continually growing. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. But so that was that was my playing days. And it kind of I, I threw it in with the baseball because, I mean, I mostly I just played baseball uh, yeah. competitively. And not for much, but that's what it was. Now, shortly after that 1999 season, uh, like a year later, 2000 rolls around. And uh, I loved playing with like little toy cars, like Hot Wheels and stuff. I mean, it was oh, like. Oh, I, I did too. It was like, I think it was a lot of time cheap, generic Hot Wheels, but still. I used to, I used to have, I used to show out with the. The PT Cruiser Hot Wheel. Oh, <laughs> oh, Chris, did you ever have the 
the the Hot Wheels that you could you could put at the starting line, and you could you could put it up against the uh, the the track that spun around like a oh, roller yeah. coaster, and you pressed the button, yeah. and the car went, yeah, yeah, made the loop and all of that. Oh yeah, I had one I, of those. I figured you did. I I did too. But yeah, I I used to. I used to love that PT Cruiser. Yeah, I had I had one of those. I don't I don't know why, but I always picked. <laughs> and it was uh, it was crazy is it was a purple PT Cruiser. That's probably that's probably why I like Mace Windu so Maybe. much in Star Wars with the purple <laughs> lightsaber. But you don't really think of a kid liking PT Cruisers, but well, I was a kid, <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that, so there you go. Okay, I got the purple PT Cruiser going <laughs> yeah. on. Purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> Some prints going on. But yeah, my my granddad, knowing that I liked these cars, decided one year for, well, I guess 2000, in October of 2000 for my birthday, he decided to get, I think he found it used. It was a 1996 Dell Jarrett 124th scale car. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, one of the really nice metal cars where the hood comes up and everything, the die cast. Yeah. And it, like I said, it was that blue. He got it because it was blue. It was blue and red, that quality care paint scheme that DJ had in the late 90s up until 2000. So he got me that car just for me to play with. And uh, I thought it was like the coolest thing. So oh, it was. It was at that time. Oh, yeah. Now, it, now it's nothing but phones and video games, <laughs> video game consoles. Yeah, true. <laughs> A lot has changed since we were kids, Chris. <laughs> oh my god! We we used to find, you know, in inventive ways to to keep ourselves entertained, so to speak. Yeah, well, not I, the case. Not it, the case now because everything's there. And I did play some computer games in the late nineties, but man, yeah, I still like getting the floor and just play with cars. That was so much fun. Yeah, I I I remember you used to really be big into computer gaming. Oh, because my dad put a computer in my room when I was like, like in like in maybe like ninety six or ninety seven. Wow, he put a, he put a computer in there and like gave me games to play and stuff. So I was like playing, uh, Sim City and Railroad Tycoon oh, yeah. way back in the nineties. Man, but, man, I never knew that. But, I knew, I never knew that. that's very interesting there. Yeah. So, but I mean, I still obviously loved playing with just cars and action figures oh, yeah. and all that so yeah but yeah, my action figures that's another one yeah. yeah my granddad gave me that and uh it was actually like a lot of times i'd kind of play rough with those cars but it was like so cool i didn't want to like mess it up and like knock the paint off or whatever so okay. i mean i'd play with it but uh, not as rough as i'd play with the other cars and i asked my dad like what it was and because i knew it wasn't just a regular thing and he explained how there's like racing and that like people actually drive cars <laughs> and race against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back in the day, he watched a little bit of like Richard Petty. He he was like a casual Petty fan. He didn't watch every week or anything. So he knew about NASCAR. So he decided, you know, when I asked about it, he showed me on TV at some point later that season. And I, there it was, you know, that blue... Dale Jarrett car, uh, the paint scheme was slightly different. The logo on the front on the hood was a little bit different, but it, I mean that there it was. So that was when I kind of started following NASCAR. Now I had no idea what was going on at the time. Uh, but 
over the, it's, it's also kind of unfortunate that I didn't get into it a little bit earlier because Dale Jarrett won the 1999 championship. So then I just started watching the year after he won the championship, and like I didn't even know how that worked or anything in 2000. How about that? So I kind of got to see Dale Jarrett on his decline <laughs> towards retirement, Dang. but still he had a lot of he had he had a few more good years left. Didn't he drive the UPS car? Yeah, that's 2001. Okay. The 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 first year that I start like knowing what's going on, like I learned ah, about yeah. it in the off season. So when 2001, okay. when Daytona came in 2001, I was like ready to watch the whole yes. season to know what was happening. Yes. That was when. You pardon the pun, but you were geared up for yeah, it. Yes, <laughs> I was ready to go. And uh, Dale Jarrett, that he had, he had a new sponsor at the time. I think it was the uh, most lucrative sponsorship. Okay, contract signed when UPS came on, and of course, I mean, I have some like vague, really vague memories of the 2000 season of seeing the quality care car, but. The first race that I remember really watching and like it was yesterday because of just everything that happened was that 2001 Daytona 500. Yes. I mean, first of all, it was an amazing race. There was so much passing. It was super competitive. Uh, And I remember with like 20 laps to go or 20 or 30 something laps to go, there was that huge wreck with Tony Stewart. It was the big one and it actually caught up my driver, Dale Jarrett. But Tony Stewart like flipped and did all this, and that was when I realized like, oh my god, this is a dangerous sport thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This huge wreck, and these guys are still like going after it. And even though that took out my guy, I was like, I want to keep watching to see the end of this and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was just an amazing story because at the front you have the top two drivers drive, which I was kind of learning about this as it was happening, but the front two drivers michael waltrip and dell Hart jr drove for dell Hart incorporated and then in third oh. place you had dell Hart himself who was like blocking the cars behind from passing so he was like you know keeping his two cars that he owned in first and second yeah yeah and uh yeah and we didn't know at the time but the story goes that he told waltrip and jr the day before like we're going to come to the end of this thing, and y'all are going to be first and second. I heard about that, yeah. Chris, not too long ago. And y'all are going to push each other to win the race, whoever's Cause, first and second. Because I watched, there's this show on Reels called Autopsy. Okay. And they, they, yeah. they did Dale Earnhardt's. Mm-hmm. And I remember that that story being told yeah about that so i'm I'm glad you brought that up yeah that's because i because I, I heard about that as well that's how they say it goes and of course i mean there was so many stories going on uh this was the first race that daryl waltrip was on the broadcast team it was fox's first race so daryl waltrip wow. is is doing the one of the announcers as his brother michael waltrip like on the last lap comes around and wins his very first race. How about that? Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. finishes second, but of course in turn four, Dale Earnhardt still blocking the cars <laughs> to, to not pass. Yeah. He unfortunately gets turned by uh Sterling Marlin and then collects Ken Schrader and the angle that he hits the wall. It didn't look bad. It looked nowhere near as bad as the wreck with Tony Stewart. Right. But he hit at just the right angle where at the time with the seat belts and the safety wasn't quite as good. It like 
it uh broke oh yeah uh yeah that bone at the base of the skull I yes forgot, i forgot what the injury is called exactly but it i mean of course it killed him yeah that that was on that autopsy yeah as well and it killed several other like i remember when adam petty died the year before uh yeah just because it was a petty name and my dad showed it to me yeah uh kenny Irwin died uh so there were a lot of deaths around that time uh blaze alexander in one of the lower series so that was and obviously they've they've done a better job oh yeah of, of well, protecting drivers that, now that was the last straw and nascar really worked to improve safety with better they barriers and cars and but that again that like just a few laps earlier it had the thought man this is actually really dangerous and then like yeah that happened Dell earnhardt actually died and i was already hooked from the start of that race with how exciting things were and i guess something about it just felt like the most magical sport to me i mean you know people some people will say that like racing isn't a sport or whatever and i don't really care to get in those arguments but it's so difficult with you're in these hot cars with no air conditioning and i mean they have a little air hose and water and stuff but i don't know it's just so physically demanding and so much skill goes into it and i learned all about that in that race and of course also the dangers associated with it and i'm glad that we're mitigating the dangers i don't want the danger to be like the reason to watch it yeah but it really put everything in perspective of just how crazy this sport was and uh of course baseball was the first sport i started watching but pretty quickly nascar became my favorite sport after that uh because that 2001 season as a whole was just amazing there were so many close finishes uh and great storylines like when kevin harvick won and and uh Dale Earnhardt's former car at Atlanta shortly thereafter. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. came back at Daytona in July and won the race at the same track. Okay. Dale Jarrett was like battling for the points lead up until towards the end of the season. And then I was so angry because Jeff Gordon ran away with it at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my favorite driver. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was really the, the last big hurrah for Dale Jarrett. The first, yeah. <laughs> the first year I was. I was watching and uh yeah, I just a lot of great memories. I wish I could have seen Dale Earnhardt more, but of course I wasn't able to, but still I saw some some great NASCAR seasons there early on and uh Dale Jarrett saw his last win on T V when it was at Talladega in two thousand five. I remember that like it was yesterday. Um after he retired I I stuck with the when he went to Michael Waltrip racing, I stuck with uh, the same car and rooted for David Rudiman. He got a couple of wins, but then kind of lost that ride. And I didn't really have anybody to root for there for a while until uh, my previous like second favorite driver, Carl Edwards, went to Joe Gibbs racing, who I, I liked both of them. So I started rooting for Carl Edwards. And now I'm... After Carl Edwards suddenly retired, I, I stuck with Daniel Suarez. So, uh, those have been my drivers going through, and I still love NASCAR and have expanded to other motorsports today. Uh, oh, speaking of 
Dell Jarrett losing that championship, 2001, that makes me think. Up until that point, I was used to just seeing my guys, like Yankees, won the World Series every year that I started watching. And uh, Dell Jarrett was battling for that points when I was just like, oh man, so sports is just you like sit and watch your favorite people win the championship. This is great. <laughs> but then, of course, Dell Jarrett lost that championship and the Yankees lost 2001 World Series to the Diamondbacks. And I was like, oh. Losing does happen. Yeah, losing happens. To your favorite <laughs> yeah. teams or drivers. Yeah, so those are where it started. Uh, I guess I'll move on to college. Uh, I didn't watch college football. Like I said, I didn't care about my dad watching Peyton. I never – when my dad watched Peyton play with the Colts when I was little, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. care. I don't know why. I just didn't. But then uh, Eli, of course – Starts playing for Ole Miss. Yes. And my dad, of course, is watching the Ole Miss games. And I don't know if it's because it was like in Mississippi or because I finally heard the story or I paid attention to Archie and Peyton and he, like the whole Manning just like, story. Just like with me, Chris. It's very ironic. Yeah. So same, same thing happened to me. I, I think that, that I touched on. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what led into me actually yes. starting to pay attention same here brother the exact same thing happened to me i swear it did yeah uh now i was i was just barely slightly before you because i i watched that 2001 season yes because i remember i can remember like yesterday i mean i have some vague memories of that season but i can remember like yesterday that arkansas game when they went seven overtimes overtime, and lost yeah, yeah. I, I was at my grandparents' house watching that, and I was so mad. <laughs> I I finally, I finally, as I as I got into Ole Miss sports and Ole Miss football in particular, I finally went back and watched that game, and 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 went through those overtimes. Oh, it's a great game, but I was just oh so mad. Was it? But oh. yeah. Which I mean, how fitting? Arkansas is like the biggest thorn. In our side to like yes to have heartbreaking losses and weird stuff happen. The fourth and twenty five that kept us yeah. from a pot not only an SEC championship berth but a possible SEC championship. Exactly, which would have put us in the playoff, and then we would have had a opportunity to win a national championship. We win the semifinal game. Yeah, like when that game happened, I literally thought about. The seven overtime. Oh, no doubt. Loss. No doubt. And then you think of the game not too long, uh, a couple years back when Shea Patterson was hurt and they started Jordan Taamu, the backup, and he had an incredible, incredible game. And Ole Miss had a double-digit lead, and then Arkansas comes back in the – second half or fourth quarter or well just second half in general comes back and beats us when we had a a pretty sizable lead mm-hmm. and then and then finally yep. the finally the following year we turned the tables on them because it was the exact same exact same thing except this time they were up by double digits at half and then we came back in the in the second half mm-hmm. well but that that's the only time that that I ever remember, you know, us getting the better of them. Yeah, it's always it always feels like they're breaking our hearts. And then 
they forced Matt Corral to commit six turnovers last season, which that was the worst game that Matt Corral had had up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, yeah, like you said, they're the thorn in our side, and they certainly have our number. And the only other game I really remember that year is that loss in the Egg Bowl, which is kind of uh, that was the that was the first Ole Miss game, like I said, that I ever watched. Yeah, I remember being at a hotel. We were on vacation somewhere. I remember being at a hotel and watching that happen. Uh, how how weirdly fitting that the only two games I remember like well from that season are the. <laughs> The, two the losses. losses yeah <laughs> i was so mad i two guess that's why i remember losses. yeah yeah uh but of course i kept watching it after that and just had so much fun watching eli at Ole miss in 2003 that was a great time to got 2000 be a fan oh yeah 2000 and then 2003 came along and it was just what could have been type season no doubt so frustrating but also good memories every game they lost every game they lost was close yeah and they still had a chance, even at that LSU game, to go to Atlanta. But but the stepped on his foot. Also, the, foot. the Ole Miss kicker yeah, ended up being too. the Lou Groza Award winner as the nation's top kicker. Hadn't missed the field goal all season long. He misses two field goals in that game, and guess how much they lost by? Three points. Yeah. Just. Typical We are Ole Miss. Yeah, I was about to say typical we are Ole Miss style season, but still though I, I can God, remember that season like it was yesterday. That they, they they definitely can turn it around in baseball though if they get rid of their coach. I'm just saying. Oh. Well yeah, they've they've got the pieces in place you, for you can you can win you can win in baseball at Ole Miss. Well, and expanding on that, well I guess I will say I after Eli graduated, I followed him to the Giants. Became a, I was more of an Eli fan than a Giants fan, but I, of course, was rooting you, for the you Giants. Are, you already know me too, because I'm not a Giants fan anymore. <laughs> after after what they did to that man, well, I'm I'm not at the end of his career. Yeah, I'm I'm still I'm still a little butthurt about that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as upset about that as you are. I I. I he deserved better. Yeah, I, I wish that he no doubt about. I it. wish he'd been willing to maybe go to another team, but I just don't think he he didn't he didn't, he didn't really want, want to. to. He 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 had that he had that motto: once a giant, always a giant. Yeah. So and so you got to respect that. I, I mean, I, I have a soft spot for the memories of I mean, watching those the Giants win those Super Bowls. I was so nervous in 2007. Oh my gosh, and that e- was the most. Eli Manning is the only quarterback to beat the goat. Tom Brady in two Super Bowls. Yeah, and what a game those two Super Bowls were, especially 07 when you got the, the helmet catch and uh, upset the what were the undefeated yeah. Patriots from a perfect season. It was just an amazing, amazing game. and uh, But, yeah, so, I, I mean, I followed the, the Eli at the Giants after that. Uh, I still, to this day, like college football more. But oh yeah, me I really too. enjoyed watching watching Eli at the Giants. Now to again to what you were talking about earlier. Coincidentally, I, I didn't start watching Ole Miss baseball until about two thousand that two thousand five team. That two thousand five team, like you said, it was so good. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. They they blow that super regional 
and guess who it was to the eventual national champion, the Texas Longhorns. Yep. Then a Texas player <laughs> gets on the NCAA baseball game cover, like we touched on a couple of episodes ago, and mm-hmm. it very well could have been like a Stephen Head from Ole Miss because that team definitely had championship DNA. It's just they didn't they, quite get there. They didn't do it. Yep. They didn't do it. And but yeah, what woulda coulda shoulda. We are Ole Miss. Yeah. And started you still watching love, you still love them though. Started watching every year after that and it's been a kind of like deja vu most years <laughs> following 2005. Yes, yeah, there's been a lot of heartbreak, but that, there there's been some good there's been some good memories there as well. Oh yeah. For and sure. sticking with Ole Miss is a couple of years later. I, I really didn't start watching basketball, like college basketball, until 07. Because, like, the the earliest player I really remember watching was Chris Warren. And, and speak, speaking of speaking of Chris Warren, that uh, 2007 team was just decimated by injuries and that yeah. that prior to Andy Kennedy's last year that that was his that was the only worst season that he had was in 07 I mean his team got hit by the injury bug there was three starters mm-hmm. that were that missed significant significant time yeah I remember I mean, basketball was always of the big three sports: baseball or football, baseball, and basketball. Basketball was always kind of the last one there yeah. for me, so that's probably yeah. why it was last. And I don't remember it quite as well in like oh seven, oh eight. But of course, I've kept following it since then, and a lot of NIT games, <laughs> a lot, a lot of NIT that was, appearances. That was Andy Kennedy's calling card for the postseason. You could you could bet your bottom dollar that he would get his old Miss Rebel team into the National Invitational Tournament. Yeah, Ken IT was like his Yeah, that yeah. Name. Yeah, Kit. <laughs> <laughs> uh and those were really the main sports for for a chunk and he, there. And he took old Miss the two Final Four appearances in the NIT. Oh yeah, they do good ones. They had an there. opportunity to do a third one, but yeah. he lost to Georgia Tech on his own home floor, which is something he never did. It seemed like he always won at home. Yeah, but he lost to Georgia Tech that night. Uh, I would very, very loosely. I've kept up with since I started watching college basketball. I'll keep up with the Grizzlies just because they're close in Memphis. Yeah, that's that's actually that's actually my adopted NBA team now. Yeah, and of course, you touching on Ole Miss basketball. I've been pulling for Terrence Davis, who's now with the Sacramento yep. Kings, who just so happened to follow me on Twitter. Oh, not that long so ago. Nice. Yeah, I mean, so I thought that was really neat. He's definitely a player that we kind of keep an eye on, and I hope yeah, he's wherever the, he goes, I want to do no well. doubt because he he's certainly the only former Ole Miss Rebel player that's playing in the league. Yeah. For sure, because Ole Miss basketball just doesn't have that history of producing NBA-level talent. Now, I did see where Chris Warren is currently playing in French 
basketball, which is good for him. Oh, wow. So, so he's still playing, actually. That's great. So apparently he moved on from the Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi league <laughs> in Australia. Australia, mate. He got tired of playing upside down in the land down under. Apparently so. <laughs> But yeah, they had to go to France. That I was basically stuck there with sports Maybe for a while Francais. until uh, 2015. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I decided to. Uh, I mean, I love motorsports so much. I was like, I need to branch out and watch more than just NASCAR. So I started watching. Okay. Well, for Indi- years, IndyCar. Well, no, I was about to say for years I've watched the Indianapolis 500 IndyCar race, yep. mm-hmm. but I've never had any real desire to watch. A whole season of IndyCar. The problem, yeah, yeah, the problem, yeah. a lot of the times is the NASCAR race is at the same time as the IndyCar race. That's right. So yeah. that's the main issue there. Uh, I do try to keep up with it a bit now, but it's hard, uh, especially watching the races because I, I, again, I want to watch NASCAR. But right in 2015, I really began closely following Formula One. I had some of the video games back in the day, but I didn't really know much. But I've been watching it on TV since 2015. Uh, it's been Mercedes dominance this whole time. Like this okay. year might be the first time that somebody not Mercedes wins the championship that I've been watching. Huh. But uh, I, I really enjoy Formula One. The nice thing is the races are usually at a time earlier in the morning where it doesn't conflict with NASCAR. So I can get open wheel in the morning and then NASCAR stock car in the afternoon okay. or evening. So I've been watching that. Uh Really, the only other change is since Eli retired. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not bitter about that or anything, but I knew that I kind of needed to find a team I actually wanted to root for as a team. So I kind of just defaulted to rooting for the Titans since they're in Nashville yeah. and close. And it also helps, I'm not going to lie, that uh, AJ Brown is there. So it's oh, nice no to doubt. see him being, no doubt. being and, successful there. And because Eli is retired, I I still haven't adopted an NFL team, so I'm still searching for a team to root for consistently. Yeah, I mean there's there's a bunch of so in all these sports there's a bunch of teams I like that aren't necessarily my favorite. Like in yeah in baseball, uh, uh, in 2011, my good buddy Corey and I went to Seattle, and we were fortunate enough to. His dad knew somebody who got us seats like right on the front row, man, behind the like between the dugouts, yeah. And uh, we were closer to the Phillies side, but I got oh, okay, like I remember seeing Dwight Howard or not Dwight Howard, Ryan Howard, <laughs> the first baseman, yeah. I remember seeing Ryan Howard, uh, like in the batter circle, and uh, that was so cool. I, I, oh, I had yeah. such a good experience at that game, I kind of became a, I mean, I. I guess a Mariners fan. I like the Mariners. I, I'm happy that that experience was so cool. It's kind of like oh no doubt. It, it was yeah. almost like that Yankees experience in New York. But okay, the Yankees are still my favorite team. It's just I have a soft spot for the Mariners. Yeah, I have a soft spot for the Cubs because my buddy J Mike likes the Cubs. Uh, even one of my neighbors across the street where I live, he likes the Cubs. That's right. And uh, dang, I. Completely forgot about that, Chris. Yeah, so uh, because of that, I've sort of kept up with the Cubs over the years, yeah. and uh, whenever they got a chance, I, I, I root for them, and they're another yeah. team that I have a soft spot for. And I, I, I'll say it, they're usually, I'll say they're my favorite National League team. All <laughs> I right. I guess I'll put it that way. 
Yes, sir. And that's why go I so bad. Go, baby. That's why I so badly want to see a Yankees Cubs World Series, one which day. we should have gotten in 03. Yeah, that would have been nice. And uh, I remember listening to that MLB draft that we touched on a couple of episodes ago. And of course, they're right next to each other in, in the draft order. And I remember the guys, guys on the broadcast but like you know these two historical franchises oh yeah and and the first thing that hit me was man we should have had that showdown in the world series in 2003 but no we we had to have it's it's amazing how the marlins can be crap get hot in the playoffs well they'll be crap for years and then they'll get this young group of guys together in 97 to go on a tear and win the World Series. Then they're crap again. <laughs> and a team with nothing to lose Well, yeah, and then, is the team yeah, you need to watch out for. Because 2003 rolls around. All of a sudden, oh my gosh, here are the Marlins again. Yeah, they upset the Giants who were the number one seed yep. in the National League side of the playoff. Now they have yet to repeat that magic again. Right. They've done it twice. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Coincidentally, Derek Jeter up in that organization now. But see, that that obviously would have been a World Series where we would have been fine with whoever won it. Yeah. like For sure. That would have been so. And, and now as well, like if the Yankees and Cubs, I mean, I'll be going for the Yankees, but if the Cubs win, I'll still be like, like I'll be happy for you and yeah, everything. Same, so. same, same goes with me. So, but both of our teams are struggling right no, now. No, I, I so. doubt that'll happen this year. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And now the uh, the heavens are falling and it's raining quite heavy <laughs> outside. So I don't know if you'll hear that. But I'm, I'm trying to think. That's really all there is to it. That's pretty much my sports history of playing and watching sports. As you notice, it's a lot more watching than playing, but I enjoyed both. Uh, more, so, <laughs> I just knew that uh, I was probably going to be watching sports eventually anyway because yeah. not quite athletic enough. But, yeah, so go Yankees. Go, well, NASCAR as a whole, but Daniel Suarez. <laughs> Uh oh! I also have a soft spot for Matt DiBenedetto. I know he's been looking for a ride now, but we'll see yeah, where that yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've you've really you've really touched on him a lot on your on your Twitter handle. Yeah, I, that that I've seen. Yeah, so we'll see where he can land. Maybe he'll maybe he'll get a decent ride, but it'd be kind of tough because there's so many people looking for rides next year. Uh, go Titans. Go Grizzlies, even though I admit that I'm not the biggest Grizzlies fan. I just kind of loosely pay attention yeah. to the NBA and what's going on. Yes, which they had a they had a exciting early playoff run there. Yeah, where it, they won the two play-in games and then they beat the top-seeded Utah Jazz in Game One of that series. Yeah, I was hoping that they would but go lost on a, the, lost the rest of the way and then were eliminated, but. Yeah, I was really hoping they'd go on a surprise tear there, but it wasn't meant to be. 
But they've got an exciting young core there. Yeah, so, I mean, in the future, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll be back in the thick of things. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that the Titans can be. Yeah, after being in, in the, the AFC Championship game yeah. two, two years ago and just acquiring Julio Jones to go along with to complement A.J. Brown and that wide receiving group. Yeah. And then things are also looking up for Ole Miss football. For once. Yeah. For once. Yeah. Feels good to see that again. So hopefully they'll continue that. Uh, Things are looking good for Daniel Suarez at Trikehouse. That team is, I mean, just starting out and they're moving up. Uh, Ole Miss baseball. We'll see about that. I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be a tough rebuilding year. Yeah. Ole Miss basketball. I mean, I love Kermit Davis. Uh, but Ole Miss basketball, not a whole lot of history there. Yeah. So maybe he can kind of turn things around as far as that goes, which he did great his first year. He, he did. He really did. improved that team. He did. And he got a, got a couple of big transfers that have come into the program. So, yeah. Maybe help. they can contribute and help help Ole Miss get back to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I was about to say at least hopefully dip their toe back into that tournament because this this COVID shortened season really really messed you know really put them on the outside looking in. Yeah, it it, it really messed with them in, in, a, in a big way. It was a disappointing season, and 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 also with them losing the games that they were favored to win and and should have won fairly easily put them in a in a hole as well to where they had to make a deep run in the SEC tournament and they just fell short to LSU in that quarterfinal game which took them out of a NCAA tournament berth and put them in the NIT. Yeah, back in the familiar ground. But I I I believe in Kermit, so Oh, I I do too. Yeah, he's a great guy. Don't believe in Bianco. <laughs> yeah, we we can it's go back. I, go. I forgot what episode number that was, but you can find the, it's in the title or description talking yes. about Bianco. So yeah, yeah. For our listeners who would like to go back and listen to that, it was the final coaching update for the college yes. baseball season. So yeah, feel feel free to. Go back and listen to that. Well, and show along those lines. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter. Sport Fanatics is our handle. Yes, same as the way it's spelled in the show title. Yes, please follow us, people. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Christopheles Eleven Chris Top Holes One One on Twitter. Uh, it's really the only social media I use. What about you, J Mike? Well. Please feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook if you would like. My name is John Michael McBunch, and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles are the same on both accounts, and it is at J underscore Mike Check. All right. Well, cool. And I'll close off by saying thank you for listening to my story and uh, sitting through my... <laughs> my history of 
what I've watched and where I've come from as far as sports goes. And uh, thank you, J. Mike, for we've had a lot of memories as far as yes. sports yes. and being together on no playing doubt. and watching. And, so. and, and what what I what I love about it, Chris, is that you and I became friends and brothers by playing a sport. Yeah, you're really like you're my only friend who that's the case for, which is unique. How about that in my friend group? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's it's just very very ironic, of course. But but you and I have always been connected through sports, yeah. and which has led to us doing this sport fanatics podcast which is so fitting i have thoroughly enjoyed doing this with you my brother same thank you for for everything that you do with the podcast and you know like i've stated before this train surely ain't stopping no we're we're only going to go forward we're going to continue to go forward it seems like we're you and I are getting better with each show and Yep, more comfortable. And you and I love talking sports cuz we we've always we've always had that bond with sports. So it's it's just been very It's also been very great for you and I to share our stories to our yeah. listeners. It's been nice to go through and and kind of dissect. Yep that go back re, re, relive the past yeah you know in a good way yeah in a good way and uh and along those lines i mean thank you for being a part of this and man uh, yeah you you know me i wouldn't have it any other way yeah. I, i've i've always wanted to do a podcast because my my dream is to be a broadcast announcer or just someone on tv and radio right in general but i've just i've had a blast doing the show with you man well i'm glad to hear it and thank you all for for listening to us and yes thank thank you thank you listeners we 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 certainly thank you and y'all just have a good day and take care till next time